0: And you know, sometimes groups start together with a good cause, and they end up missing the very thing that they started about later on. Um, In 2006, we were called Argentina. We were going down to Argentina, and this group started just when we were going to Argentina. It's called T4G. I don't know if you guys have heard of this group. It's Together for the Gospel. And what they decided to do is say, you know what, we need to put aside some of the little petty issues that we often fight about. And what we need to do is we need to get together for the gospel. We need to present the gospel. We need to preach the gospel. We need to be firm on the gospel. Because they say the gospel, and even in churches, has been misrepresented, misunderstood, and marginalized. And so we're going to get together. We're going to have a conference. So who came? Isn't it? They had... People from every state, all 50 states, come. They had 25 different denominations come. They had 62 nations represented in this. Thousands of people uh, worshiping God. And they made it fun for people when they came. You could sing, you could worship God, and we'll give you books. And we can fellowship with one another. What a way to get. If you want to get a pastor to a conference, offer him a book. He'll get there somehow. You know, and so they get these all these guys and they got all these these books out and they're fellowshipping and they're 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 preaching. And I mean some of the preachers there are absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, I remember listening to sermons that have impacted my life tremendously. have challenged me in ways that I've never heard before. I mean, just what a wonderful... Never got to be there in person, but they had all their, their sermons on YouTube and on their website so you can watch it. And we got to do it. Well, 2018, remember, started in 2006. 2018, only 12 years later. 12 years. All of a sudden, they start to... Promote woke theology where the gospel wasn't the main thing that was uniting them that all of a sudden they started to, to promote this stuff outside of the gospel and using the gospel to say this is how we can reconcile this is how we can repent and, and pastors would get up and they would say all these different things that they believed in the inspiration of the scriptures, expository preaching that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man, that salvation is only by grace alone. Faith alone, in Christ alone, for God's glory alone. And all the pastors are, amen, amen, amen. And then you get to like the 17th thing that you have to say. And it says, we acknowledge that there's been a magnitude of injustice to African Americans in the name of the gospel. And so we need to repent. We need to have forgiveness. And we need to restore these things promised in the gospel. All of a sudden, issues outside of the gospel became the issue for the gospel. And here's what's sad. The very thing that united them that they said that they were not going to make an issue has now divided them and the thing is closed. It's no longer there. How do you handle people that preach a false Christ? I know what some do. You see that person coming to knock on the door? You shut off the lights. I mean, we don't want to engage with those guys. Right? Or you see them with their name tags on. They're only 18 years old, but they're elders. Somehow figure that out. And, um, and they come and we're scared to talk to them. Because they have their script and we don't have ours ready to, to, to engage with them. Um, what do we do when somebody says they don't believe in the Jesus of the Bible? Do we smile at them and say, don't worry, we'll see you in heaven one day, we hope. Or do we take a stand? And how do we take a stand? Well, as you look at Second at, at, at John, we're going to see here in verses 10 to 13, what a wonderful passage of Scripture. And, and we're going to see here, how, how do we handle those who don't teach uh, a true Christ? And then how do we handle one another? Because we, we need one another. But let me give you the backdrop of this. Back then, It wasn't as easy as it is now to go to hotels. I am amazed on how many hotels there are. I mean, you look around Colorado Springs. There's a hotel going up all the... There's a hotel here. There's a hotel there. There's a hotel here. Have you ever been to South America and tried to go to some hotels? You go to South America, the hotels... Listen to this. The hotels, you pay by the hour. You're probably not going to send your mother there. When she comes into town. Or your good friends. Uh, we, we, we lived in a town of 65,000 people. There was, there was zero hotels there. Zippo. And then we lived in a town... Uh, we, we lived right next to a town of over 100,000 people. And guess how many hotels there were? One good hotel that we could send people to. was a family hotel. In, quote, unquote, family hotel. I didn't know that was Monday to Thursday. On Friday, they weren't a family hotel. They were a different kind of a hotel. We sent a group there. How embarrassing. Back then, you didn't go to inns. They weren't the best of places. So what the Bible says, and often we read these verses in the Bible, we ought to open up our homes to people who are traveling. Even if you don't know them. That gets scary sometimes. Even if you don't know them, you open up your home and you let them sleep in, in your house. Listen to some of these verses. We are to contribute, Romans 12, 13 says, to contribute to the needs of the saints, practicing what? Hospitality. Open your home, the Bible says. 1 Peter 4:9. I want to rip that verse out of the Bible because this is a hard one. 1 Peter 4:9. We are to be hospitable. We're to open up our homes to each other without complaint. Some people open up their homes and what do they say as soon as the person leaves? Woo, I'm glad so-and-so's gone, Woo, I'm happy they're gone. praise God. It was good to have fellowship with them, but woo. Or, you know, you have some of those over. Some sleep and some. We had a group come and sleep one time. Boy, they stunk. And they slept, I think it was in the girls' room or the boys' room. I forget which one. It was the boys' rooms. Oh, and they stunk up both rooms. I forgot that part. Hebrews 13 says this. This is a great verse. Hebrews 13, verse 2 says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers because some are entertaining what? Angels. You ever have an angel at your house? You may never know. Invite them over. Have them come over. Open up your home. So there's tension in the text. Because he's going to tell you, back then what people did is they would travel and people would open up their homes and say, Oh, you're a preacher. Come on to my home. We'll, we'll take care of you. We'll, we'll feed you. We'll, we'll take good care of you and then we'll send you on our way. We'll even give you money and we'll take great care of you as you go. And he's going to mention here in this passage, how do we handle people who bring a different Jesus with them? Well, look at verse 10. He says this, 2 John. Verse 10, if anyone comes to you, now he doesn't just say a certain group, and I'm thankful he doesn't do that, he just says anyone, this could be anyone that could be famous or anyone that's unknown, we don't know who the person is, but they're bringing, they're coming to him, and look at it says here in verse, verse 10, they're bringing what? They don't bring this teaching, do you see that in Verse 10, And we talked about it uh, last week that Satan is sending his missionaries out. And Satan is sending missionaries out who are preaching a false Christ, a different Christ. And what he's saying here is these are people in verse 10 that are coming to you, maybe with even Bibles open, but they have a false Jesus. Now let me say this, and I'll say it very nicely. If we miss miss what the Bible teaches about Jesus, we miss everything else. If somebody comes to you and says, I got everything else right except what it says about Jesus, no, we've missed it all. So, so these are people who are coming, right? And they don't have the teaching. They don't, they, they're denying who the real Jesus is. They're, they have a false Jesus. They're denying the incarnation of Jesus. They're denying the full deity of Jesus and the full humanity of Jesus. They're coming to him with teaching. What do we do? Notice this here when it says two things in verse 10. The first one is, do not receive him into what? All right, now, be very careful with this verse. Because people have used this verse to say, okay, if a Jehovah Witness knocks on your door, don't let him in. If you see somebody with a false Jesus, don't let him in your house. That's not what the verse is saying. By the way, notice the word your is italicized. It is literally saying, don't receive him into house or the house. Why? Because back then, churches met where? In homes. These are house churches. There was no buildings. Praise God. Until like 300 or 400. They didn't have Paul. The Apostle Paul. You know how many buildings the Apostle Paul built? Take a guess. Zippo. Zippo. You know how many building projects Paul went through? Zippo! Praise God. I I love that. I'm a little jealous of Paul. But anyway, (laughs) look at this here. Don't receive them into your house. You know what he's saying here in the verse? He's saying don't allow them to have the slightest opportunity to teach their false doctrine and influence and infiltrate the church. He's saying, be very careful who you let preach and teach in the church. And if they have a false Christ, definitely don't let them in. Wow. Think about that for a moment. Do you know the pressure that there is many times that people come to church? I get emails. I get phone calls. I get people who show up at the door with packets saying, we'd like to present in your church. It is very hard to know who to let in and who not to let in. But let me tell you this. If they don't have a true Christ, they, they don't need to share the pulpit. Here's why. Because if we let them infiltrate, if we let them share the pulpit, we let them influence, we're going to see you in a moment, we are partaking in their evil deeds. He says, don't even give him the slightest opportunity to infiltrate and preach the false Christ in the church. Here's where Billy Graham missed it. As wonderful as Billy Graham was, and he was great and influential preacher, he would have on the platform him people who didn't even preach Christ. And just by having them right next to him, he's saying to the world, they're okay. He says, don't do that. Don't even receive them into the church. Don't receive them your house. And look at this next thing. Wow, look at this. And don't even give them a greeting. Wow. Some people use this. No, shut the lights off. Don't even let them know you're home. No. Does it mean that we don't even give them a hello? That's not what he's saying. Because back then, when you gave somebody a Christian greeting, you were saying to them that they were a Christian. Just like today, the military robbed one of our words. And it burns me up. But I won't mess with the military because they're bigger than me. <laughs> and they're faster than me, so I can't even outrun them. But they use this word that starts with a B. You probably know it. Brother. And they call everyone a brother. Right? Especially the ones that they fought with and were with and all that. They're brothers. You come into a church. People say brother to everyone. Be careful with that word. You know what brother means? It means that they're saved. First we ought to ask them, are you saved? Then if they are saved, then you call them brother. But yet we use this word like it's nothing. And we want people to feel like brothers and sisters. Even though they may not share Christ. Here's what he's saying. Don't even give them the slightest false hope that they're saved when they're not wow that's hard he says don't let them infiltrate the church don't let them don't don't let them influence the church people and don't even give them a greeting like they're saved and say to them oh hey Christian how you doing Christian praise God you're a Christian when they're not don't give them any false hope he's saying here in verse 10 wow that could seem a little harsh but here's the reason why look at it For the one who gives him a greeting, verse 11, look at this. What is it saying? If we give him a greeting saying that they're okay, that that everything is fine, that they're believers, what are we doing? We are participating in, notice this, his evil, don't miss this, deeds. You know what he's saying here? He's saying when somebody preaches a false Christ, it's not just that they're wrong, it's that it's evil. It is hurting souls. It is destroying souls. It is destroying people. He's saying, don't even go there. The one that gives them a greeting and makes him feel like he's welcome and warm and gives them an opportunity to have the pulpit or, or, or gives them the false hope that they're believers, we're actually having deep fellowship with that person, participating, koinonia, with their evil deeds. we got to be very careful. Or as one person said, Worsby... I don't want my disobedience to be someone else's destruction. Can you imagine next week I said to you a Jehovah witness is going to come preach here. I won't be here. But I got a good Jehovah witness that's going to come in and preach. All God's people would say what? Or even what have you done with my pastor? Yeah. But how would that confuse you? And it could send some people to the very pit of hell. We're participating in their evil deeds. We have to be very careful. Now, you know what this is not saying? And don't miss this. This is not saying that we don't engage with them and talk to them. In fact, we ought to do that. Some people take these verses and say, "You know what? I'm not even going to talk to those people. I can care. I'm not even going to engage in those people. I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to go near them. No, that's not what it's saying. We ought to. We ought to engage with them. We ought to be salt and light. We ought to penetrate them with the true gospel." My, my son Johnny, it, it, it's amazing. You know. Um, Sometimes he does things that fascinate me. Some things he does, he does things that really frustrate me. But that's another part of being a parent. You know, you go from fascination to frustration in the same day. But anyway, what's amazing about him is he's got a friend that would play baseball with him who believes in a more works kind of a salvation. And one day we're waiting for the game to start. And here's my son, Johnny. Right? Let me throw him a little bit of flowers here as we say in Spanish. Here's my son Johnny. We're, the game's about to, about to start. They're waiting, to, they're waiting there. In the and here's my son with a Bible open. In Pueblo West. Right Now you're right. In the stands. Showing the guy that salvation is by faith alone. In Christ alone. He's engaging them. That's what God wants us to do. We don't just see somebody who comes out and say, Oh, you ain't a brother. Get out of here, you, you false doctrine preacher. Get out of here. I don't want to see nothing to do with you. Get it. Who's going to get saved doing that? Or Who's going to get saved if they come to the door and we shut the lights off? We need to open. Smile. Are oh, you here? Go ahead. Say what you have to say. I'm going to listen to you. But all I ask is that you listen to me. Well, that ends a lot of conversations right there. But go ahead. Tell me about your, 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 what you believe. Let them talk. Listen. And then come with the true Christ and share Christ. But what we won't do is participate and make them have a false hope when God doesn't give them a false hope. See, some, some take this passage of Scripture and say, you know what? All we need is us four and no more. We're just fine. We got our church. We preach the true Jesus. and just be us. We don't have to worry about anyone else. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. In fact, look at verses 12 and 13. Look how much we need one another. Look how much we need other churches. It's right here in this passage. That's why I love this passage. It is right here in this passage. We not only need one another, we need other churches as well. Watch this. Look at verse 12. This is beautiful. Though I have many things to write to you. Boy, I tell you, John's a preacher. Amen? Preachers don't know when to shut up. They keep talking and talking. Amen? They, you know, they tell you in conclusion, they go another hour and a half. You know what I mean? That's what I'm going to do today. Amen? Not one amen is. You guys are a rough crowd. I'll get you out of here. Don't worry. But look at this here. He goes, I got a lot of things to write you. But I don't want to do it so with what? Paper and ink. that's how they used to do it back then. Some would draw different kinds of paper, but this is paper and ink. Let me tell you, be careful when you draw when you're writing somebody a note in paper and ink. All right I remember when we were engaged I poured my heart I poured my heart out to Katie. I wrote her all about how I love her, how I need her, how I'm so thankful that God brought her into my life, how she's the best thing in the world. I couldn't believe that God would bring somebody so beautiful in my life. She got the letter and couldn't read it. My handwriting was so bad <laughs> I've never poured my heart out to a girl like that before. I mean, she was everything to me. I wrote one <laughs> you know how I felt after that. I wrote somebody in the church, you know, telling them how much we care for them and. Everything and I wrote at the end of it put my life verse Acts 20:24 20, that talks about Paul preaching the gospel of Christ and he took it to mean Acts 20:29 20, because he couldn't read my writing 20:29 20, says you may never see my face anymore <laughs> Watch out with paper and ink But let me tell you something we live in a day with text messaging Zoom FaceTime, Google Meet. I'm starting to like Google Meet. Because there's things you can do with your face that I didn't know you can do and put on kind of different a- animals and outfits and all that. It's kind of, FaceTime you can do that stuff too. It's kind of, kind of fun stuff. But there's a lot of stuff out there. But let me just tell you, it will never, ever, and it should never, ever replace face-to-face. Watch what he says here. I have a lot of things that I want to say to you, but I don't want to say them in paper and ink. But I hope to come to you and speak what? Literally in the Greek it says, mouth to mouth. I want to speak to you, I want to see your face. I want to be there face to face, mouth to mouth. So many things can be misunderstood when we write letters. It is good to be face to face. So many things that people now, I, you know, I praise God that people now can watch us on Facebook Live and, and watch us on YouTube and, and and watch on different things. But you know what? That never, ever should ever, ever replace us coming together face to face. Because there's something about it. Look what the verse says here. We come together face to face. Watch this. He says, I want to come to you face to face. Here's why. So that your joy may be what? Made full. There's something about being in the presence of other believers that encourages our hearts to live for God. You say, I don't sense that at all when I go to church. when well, then you've missed it. Because that's who we are. There's nothing like seeing a smiling face. And when you get to Chalmers' age, it's nothing like being seen. He just says, I'm happy to be seen. But notice this in verse 12, so that your joy may be what? Made full. He's saying here, if we're not face to face, there's something about the joy's not there. I thank God for the technology. I do. and And I praise the Lord for it. Ellie, she FaceTimes us all the time. And it's amazing. And she doesn't just do that to talk to us. She just does that to be with us. And she'll sit there and do her homework. And you know, and she'll she'll sit there and we just she's just FaceTiming, and it's beautiful to see my daughter right there next to me. But you know what? I can't I can't replace her being with us. She's coming this week, praise God. I can't wait. I you know, I I think about other people, and they're like, you know what, I, I just love how I can text you and I love that's great, but we're we're face-to-face people, and it brings joy to us now. We don't only, only need each other. We need other churches. Look at verse 13. It says, The children of your chosen sister do what? They greet you. The children, he's talking about the other church members of another church. They greet you. I, I thank God that every year since we've been here, we've done something with other churches. But let me tell you something. It's not easy. We got invited to a men's retreat last year, out of the blue. We, we went to the men's retreat. By God's grace, there was about 20 of us that went. There was only about 17 of the other people, so we were half the group of the other, other people. We go to this men's retreat. It was amazing. You know what I found out? That another sister church, a church that believes like us, part of the IFCA, had a men's retreat at the same time, in the same place, and didn't even invite us. So here we are uh, with a different group going to a men's retreat when there's another sister church in the same way. Would God help us? But it's just us four and no more when we need each other. He says, you know what? And, and we met the guy, we talked to the guy yesterday. He, he said, thank you for that men's retreat. He didn't thank me for any of the sermons I preached. He said, it was so good that all the men were there from your church to encourage our men. Notice this in verse 13. The children of your chosen sister, what do they do? They greet you. Even though they don't know you, they care for you. And that should be our heart too. Do you see it? Do you see it in the passage? It's right there. What do we do? Look at this. Application right here in the passage. The first thing we should do is to make sure that we do not link arms. With people who preach a false Christ. We don't let them infiltrate, we don't let them influence, and we definitely don't support them. How many people are sending their money to people that are preaching a false Christ? Careful with that. I'm not saying don't send your money there, send it here. I'm not one of those guys. I'm saying be careful. Because we're supporting people who are preaching a false Christ. So let's be careful with that. And then look at the other application right here. How much we need each other. Not through text messages and Facebook Live. We need each other face to face. So that our joy may be what? Made full. I'll never forget when I first got saved I was on a train and this guy approached me with his false doctrine and he wanted to talk to me about how Jesus is a God a God bing 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 flags are going up I just got saved and he's talking to me about how Jesus is a God I said hey give me a number I want to talk to you more because the train was about to go off he, I go give me a number so so he gave me his phone number and I call him up I say hey I want to talk more about what you talked to me where do you live he goes I live at Watchtower you know Jehovah Witness main thing is Watchtower in Brooklyn, New York. He invited me to Watchtower. It was fascinating. I went in. There's tunnels everywhere. The thing was clean as you can be. They had to sit in certain spots. They could not talk to one another. They had to eat while they're eating. They had to watch sermons on the TV. There was TV set up all over the place. They had to live in these rooms. They had to, they had to wear holes. They had holes in their socks because they made 60 cents a day. This kid's tell me all this stuff. And I had a pastor with me because I was nervous. I didn't know if I could talk to him and engage with them the way I was supposed to. So this pastor opens up the Bible to Revelation 1. It was amazing. This pastor was amazing. Opens up the Bible to Revelation 1 and in Revelation 1 it says that Jesus is the almighty God. You can hear. I mean, it was unbelievable. The kid looking at us and he goes, must have been in his 20s, he goes, No one's ever showed me in the Bible that Jesus is the almighty God. He says, what do I do? I said, you need to leave here. I said, your soul's in danger. They're not teaching you the true Christ here. Leave. Leave here. they're, 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 They're not helping you. You know what he said? He said, I can't leave here. If I leave here, my mom and dad will disown me They'll hate me. I can't do it. I have to stay here. How sad. You know, I never saw that guy again. I don't know what God did in his life. It was clear through the scriptures that Jesus is the almighty God. See, we're not to run away from them. We're to run to them. And we are to preach the truth to them and leave the results in God's hands because their souls are in danger. God help us if we say to them, you're, a, you're fine. God help us if we say, you know what? Where do you go? Uh, let me give you, here's some money for you. God, okay, keep preaching your false Christ. God help us if we don't take the stand that God wants us to do. But God help us if we try to do it alone. We need one another. Yes. And so don't forget this passage. The next time they knock on your door, Listen to them. Let them say what they have to say and then share the true Jesus with them and watch God work. Let's pray. Our Father, we we thank you so much for this passage of Scripture. And for some, it seems harsh and unloving. But Lord, we don't want to give anyone the false hope that they know you when they've missed what Jesus and who Jesus really is. So help us, Lord. Help us to be kind. Help us to be loving. But help us to share the true Jesus. And help us, Lord, not to allow them to infiltrate and influence other believers. It's so easy for churches to open their doors to false teachers. We see groups all the time start out and say, you know what, we believe in the true gospel. This is the gospel of Jesus. And then later on, a few years later, make compromises. We are not above that. We need your help. So help us to do that. Help us to listen, help us to love, and help us to share the Jesus of the Bible. And then, Lord, help us to remember how important it is for us to come together. We need that face-to-face so that our joy may be full. So help us to remember how important fellowship with other like-minded believers is and to reach out to each other and to care for one another and to open our homes to one another and, and to share the love of Christ with one another, even if we don't know each other well. And then help us to remember how much we need other churches. Well, God, we are not by far the only one that preaches the Christ of the Bible. There are many around us. So Lord, help us to reach out, to care, to show our care for other churches as well. We thank you, we praise you, and all oh, we love you. In Jesus' precious name. And for his glory, amen. Amen.